I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week on the podcast, we talk about how simple it can be to follow one's dream of a new career path, but also how much hard work that actually represents. My guest, Rochelle Demosten, left a cushy corporate job to take over the reins of her favorite Montreal-based flower shop called Le Pouvoir des Fleurs, which translates into flowers power. A few years later, her business is powerful indeed, and she's now looking at expanding. Listen to our conversation and find out how this entrepreneur made her transition an absolute success. Rachel, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for making time for me and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, for me, it's an honor to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad. It's an honor for me as well. And I want to start by asking you, did you ever think you'd become an entrepreneur when you were growing up? What kind of career were you imagining for yourself later in life? Um, when I was very young, I, I wanted to be a doctor. But I'll be honest with you, it wasn't really my choice. It's because uh, my parents were, you know, trying to convince me to go uh, that route. But uh, deep inside, I felt that... Uh, some way, somehow, I will become an entrepreneur because actually my parents are entrepreneurs. Uh, my father, um, back in Haiti, um, had several businesses that he was running and he was running uh, his father's farm. And uh, my mother, as soon as she came in, although she was working in the manufacturer, she always has had those side gigs, you know, selling stuff and so on and so forth. So, you know, uh, this is what I saw since I was small. So I knew that I would have a job at a certain point, but you know, I would, I would, um, I would be an entrepreneur a way or another. I, I wasn't quite sure in which field, but I knew that I would. And, um, so this is when I was young. Then, um, I started, um, organizing events, all kinds of events, all kinds of projects. So this is how I started my training as an entrepreneur, uh, very, at a very, very young age. Um, but yeah, <laughs> love that. And you today have a company called Le Pouvoir des Fleurs, so flowers power. I love the the, the play on the name. Uh, curious to know what was the journey for you launching the business? And typically, I find entrepreneurs have there's always a story, there's always different chapters before we start our business. So, what led you to open Le Pouvoir des Fleurs? Um, actually. Yeah. You know what? It wasn't something that I planned. Uh, I was an executive advisor for a multinational for um, close to 19 years. And uh, I, for me, I was in a good place, uh, good benefits. Uh, I loved the job that I was doing. I was quite successful at it. Um, on a regular basis, uh, I would have contact with uh, the CEO, the board, which is not something that, that that's, that's easy to access to. And uh, so I said to myself, there was two way out, either uh, retirement or my own business. Now, I wouldn't go anywhere else. And um, so, uh, but at a certain point, you know, uh, 
when you have a, a love inside, a passion for something, it, it ends up catching you up. And uh, at a certain point, uh, although I had a good benefits, good condition, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. And I felt that I was dying inside. And my boss saw it too. He felt it too. Um, so instead of um, letting me go, he preferred to allow me to take a sabbatical. And he, he said, okay, just go do whatever you want and drink that here and come back refreshed. Uh, come back refreshed. And so I did, I did that. And, um, one of the advisors, uh, uh, suggested that I would do something creative in order to, you know, change my mind, change my spirit, do something completely different, um, to help me to do a reset and come back stronger. So I did so. And I remember that I used to love, uh, doing, um, um, floral decor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I was younger, I would do I, whenever uh, there was a possibility to do a decoration for a wedding or a special event, I would jump to it. And so I said, okay, let me go and take my, my um, floral design courses so I can have the paper and be official. Although I don't think that I, I'm going to do a career out of it. So when I started the course, uh, right from the first course, I felt, I, I, I felt like um, you know when someone is drowning and boom comes to the sur- uh, to the to the surface. Uh, that's how I felt, and that's how I knew that oh my goodness, I'm dying inside. I need to change something, mm-hmm. and um, so I prayed on it because uh, I'm a believer. I prayed on it, and uh, shortly after, uh, an opportunity came up. The florist that I used to go to, we 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 started as client and florist, then end up as as friends. And, um, he said that he was really sick. Uh, doctor forced him to stop. And I'm like, huh, look at this. And I want to change career. I want to get back into the floral design. So I said, I think, uh, I think that's my sign. And, mm-hmm. uh, I jumped into it. So, um, I bought the business. He had closed for a few months because he really couldn't continue. Uh, he had closed for a few months and I took over. So I jumped both bits in, into that new adventure. And what did you find the most challenging, let's say in that first year, those first few months after taking over and what was the most rewarding at the same time? Uh, the most, the most challenging was uh, the adaptation because listen, I came mm-hmm. from a corporate world where I had someone that was taking care of my finances and someone taking care of my legal stuff, um, mm-hmm. departments actually taking care of those things. And now I'm, I'm in a world where I have to take care of everything. So that was the hardest part for me. And it kind of, it, it hit my ego as well because I left, um, I wasn't, uh, the, the industry I was in was a telecommunication. So a very techie world switching to a very, um, paper crayon world flowers, mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing. But nevertheless, I love, uh, playing with flowers, doing design, doing the core and that type of thing. Um, so it, that was the, the biggest adaptation. And, um, mm-hmm. of course, when you're starting a business financially, woo, um, it was, it was hard. Um, it was, all the money was just, you know, it was, uh, like we say in French, an hemorrhagie of money. <laughs> and it was going out, 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 out. It wasn't coming in as quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a property. I sold the property in order to have my fond de roulement. 
Um, and after that, I needed to, uh, I thank God I wasn't someone that, that was used to spend a lot. So, uh, my parents had taught me how to manage work on a tight budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to use a lot of creativity in order to be, to, in order to be able to, to do something out of almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it was, you know, it really hit my, my couple, my family situation pretty hard. But I'm blessed. I have a great husband, very supportive. The kids were very uh, understanding. And uh, they knew that, um, you know, this was for a moment. Uh, things would change uh, because I only had one way out in, from, uh, in that situation. It was success. It had, it had to be successful. I have to make it happen. I didn't leave 19 years uh, of a great job for to come into a new adventure and fail. I had to succeed. And, uh, my greatest, re- uh, the greatest reward for me was really my family, the support, of my family, the support of my friends, uh, my surrounding, that was the greatest, greatest, greatest gift for me. Congratulations on that. And you spoke about one of probably the challenges that comes up the most is the fact that when we start our own business, we're wearing all the hats. So we may think we're opening a business in an industry where we have expertise, where we know what we're doing, but then we're also becoming the you know, chief uh, financial officer, we're becoming the CEO, we're becoming the, the chief HR officer. So it's, it's, it, we, ha- we have to learn all these jobs. How, and, and with, you know, the size of the business that you're running, how did you kind of navigate through figuring out, you know, the best way to learn how to manage your finances, learn to manage IT and HR and whatever else came through? What, what would be some of your advice for entrepreneurs who are starting a business and, are facing that same challenge? Um, I have to say I was fortunate because the, the job that I was doing at before, I was um, in a position where I was um, like shadowing and kotoyer, uh, um, um, those different departments. So I have a clue, uh, a hint that mm-hmm. uh, I needed certain skills and yeah. I had learned certain stuff because what I was doing before um, I was representing the uh, the, the company in uh, in uh, special cases, legal media uh, media uh, media cases. So, in my files, in the files that I was uh, handling, I sometimes I had to 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 work with legal. Sometimes I had to work with mm-hmm. finance. Sometimes I, I had to work with IT. So I, I kind of had a, a, a glimpse of those worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone that is uh, autodidact that like to learn, and I don't. It's not, uh, it's not a, a big challenge for me to go on YouTube and learn stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and actually, I would say that this was one of the key components that helped me to succeed. Because on the floral side, remember, I was new. Yeah. I was fresh out of school and came into, into the, uh, the business. And I was worried. I was, uh, because the florist that I, was, uh, I took over, um, he was a really good one. Like mm-hmm. He was a big one. And when I came in, I said, oh, Lord, I have big shoes to fill. How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a client that came into the store and he said, oh, your style is different from the other one. But my goodness, when we come into your store, we feel like home. We feel welcome. We, we, we are compelled to come back. So I'm like, oh, that will be my strength. Um, the yeah. client here. The client mm-hmm. here. And, uh, so I said, okay, so if I can use that in order to help propel my business, what are the other skills that I can use? Uh, the marketing side, uh, develop on marché, mm-hmm. that type of thing. 
which, you know, I had those are those skills are skills that I had I had developed in my past job. So I just took everything over and put it into my business. Example, paper crayon. The old the the uh, the other florist, he how he too he used to take his order, it was in a in um in a book. He would write a little down. notebook by hand, yeah. Yes, traditional. <laughs> yeah, me uh, like we were doing virtual meetings with the uh, uh, with uh, avatars and that type of thing, and you're asking me now to take orders on paper and crayon. So the first thing <laughs> I did, bring in a computer, bring in a computer, bring in the application that I needed to record the orders um, mm-hmm. in order to remind me the orders, in order to remind me when I had to purchase stuff and so on and so forth. That was my first thing. A phone. phone. I, as I told you, I came, into, uh, I came from a telecommunication world. First thing right. I did is put into place my voice over IP, like that I would be able to take my orders no matter where I was. Even if I was mm-hmm. doing a delivery, I would be able to take an order as if I was in the store and the client wouldn't see anything. Uh, so right. I did put in place all those different tools in order to allow me to be more efficient, um, in order to allow me to uh, have access or get access to more clients. And um, and those things really helped me to develop uh, the uh, the business mm-hmm. and of course uh you know social media it's like a no-brainer and i develop i i did develop my skills um regarding that platform mm-hmm. and um here we are today and what kind of community did you find you had to build around you because you probably came with a, a network you know you had colleagues you you referred to your time in in the corporate world but now that you became an entrepreneur, what kind of resources, experts, or maybe just support you you realize you had to have around you? Um, the my community, my community really uh, was around me, and I tapped into that community in order to um, to to start and uh, to uh, climb the ladder. Uh, because I learned, um, you know, in many of those books talking about starting a business. They say, listen, your first, your first clients must be your your family, your friends. And uh, mm-hmm. when they, uh, they try your product, they try their your service, they like it, they're going to talk to their friends about it. And they're going to attract uh, other people as well. So, of course, I started with that. I, I, go, I attend church. I go to church. So the church members were my first supporters. Your um, first clients are supporters. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Supporters, clients, helpers. Um, mm-hmm. whenever I needed help for orders, my sister would come in, some of the church member would come in and help me out. Um, so definitely it, it, it has to start with your surrounding and uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on a second level, there are, there were different organization within the community that help people that are starting business, especially in the black community. I reached out to them and they, they were uh, tremendous help. And on a third level, the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, did you find your daily life had to change a lot? Did you find, you know, typically there are pros and cons to becoming an entrepreneur? We often talk about, you know, I hate that myth of, of uh, work-life balance uh, that's often pushed, especially oh. to women. Uh, that's, I think, even more of a challenge for entrepreneurs. But what changed for you and what was the good part? What's the bad part? Uh, you know what? Uh, definitely, yes, 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 yes. Many things had to change uh, regarding my life. The first thing is uh, my business is in Montreal, so it's Boulevard des Fleurs. Mm-hmm. Our address is twenty two forty three, we are on Fleury Street, Montreal. And I used to live in Blainville, 
per- perfect like- name for a, a florist on a on a street. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fleury, fleury. A play on words with with the word flower. That's right. So whenever I remember, I said, "Pouvoir des fleurs sur fleury à côté de l'hôpital fleury." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your marketing. Yeah. And we used to live in Blainville. Uh, before I used to to work from home. Uh, I had two mm-hmm. offices, one in downtown and the other one in Bissalahan, but I rarely went in my offices because I could work from home. And so it was a totally different lifestyle. I would see my kids going to school, coming back from school. I would open the door as soon as the, the school bus would arrive. But now it was another ball game. Um, I had to come into the shop every single day. And because I was starting, I was doing longer hours. So what was happening is that the kids were at home longer alone. And it's not, um, it, it's not a suitable family life. And um, my husband and I, we had to take a decision. So we're like, okay, do we keep the beautiful big house with the pool? But the kids are father and motherless? Or do we sell and move? So we had to decide to sell the house and move into Montreal in order to be closer to the business, in order mm-hmm. to help the uh, work-life balance in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this one was, this was one of the, greatest decision that we took. I was sad because I live a beautiful big house and uh, to, in order to live in a very tiny space in Montreal, but the kids were happier because they could, they had access to us more often. That was the first mm-hmm. thing. Um, number two, uh, because you're, I'm starting a business. So I have to spend a lot of hours into the business. Um, and it was no longer a, a five, uh, five day thing. It was really, uh, it no, not, no longer a five day thing, nine to five, uh, thing. It was a seven day thing. Um, 12, 14, sometimes 18 hours, believe it or not, sometimes 24 hours. Mm. Um, because I, when I had big orders, I didn't have enough money to hire an employee. So my husband and I had to take care of it. Um, but the kids understood. And, uh, but because we lived closer, so they were, they had access to us whenever they wanted. Mm-hmm. This really helped. And, um, you have to understand when you start a business, you have to make sacrifices and they are not forever. They're there for, you know, for a short period of time, but you, you need to do sacrifices. Now I'm no longer alone. We were a team of the seven to eight employees. Um, you see, I'm doing the interview with you and I have the two employees, uh, one up front, the other one is doing orders. Uh, one is doing deliveries. Um, now I can say that I can sleep sometimes. <laughs> That's a big plus. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. So Rachel, I want to know about Le Pouvoir des Fleurs specifically. I know you've chosen to really focus on specific areas within your business. Uh, so tell me about your approach to what you offer uh, in your business. 
Yeah. Well, so when I started Body Flow, Body Flow is a flower shop. It's a flower shop. And uh, I I thought that when we say flow, a flower shop was fresh flowers cut and done. And actually, I noticed mm-hmm. that it covered a lot of things. Um, so we could uh, send bouquets, we do decors. And uh, with a bouquet, client would ask to uh, mix with it a little gift, uh, balloons as well, and so on and so forth. So I ended up seeing myself offering a wide range of products. And um, then I, 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 I saw that more I was offering product, more possibilities there was. Then I said to myself, right. I think I'll need to narrow down, uh, to narrow down to uh, a field or a product or a service. And uh, so, of course, slowly I started to narrow down. There's some product that were interesting, very fun to do, but um, it was taking a lot of my energy. And so I started to uh, toss them away. And now I narrow down, like in the store, the bouquets and little gifts that would come with it and big uh, events, especially, specifically weddings. And I mm-hmm. find myself loving it. And I could see myself doing that during years, bigger, greater. Uh, and I, I chose to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought by doing that, I would lose out on many mm-hmm. business opportunities. But actually, I, re- I realized that by focusing on something, I was increasing my business uh, because my expertise was uh, being greater and my team knew exactly what to do and their expertise and experience as well was uh, developing. And because mm-hmm. our expertise and experience was developing, we were able to do greater things, bigger things, bringing and bring in uh, more revenue. Mm. Store, yeah, we would offer the bouquets. Clients would come in and uh, they would uh, find bouquets and little gifts. And um, but uh, for like for the corporate events, a bigger uh, events, we were focusing on on weddings specifically and anything surrounding that. And it's very interesting because you're in a business where you know you you are a big part of people's important moments in their lives, right? You're part of celebrations. Uh, they come to you to highlight their love for somebody to, you know, uh, to, to highlight important parts of, of their lives, basically. So does that, is that something that's, that's really rewarding and you probably establish, you know, a very uh, close relationship with some of your clients being part of those important events with them? Yes. Yes. Um, it, you know what, it's, it's, it's something when you go, you deliver a flower and the person is saying, telling you, is saying you, thank you. The person is thanking you, but I'm not the one that purchased it. I'm not the one that that, that, that ordered it. My delivery guy, when mm-hmm. he started, he came. He said, "Oh, Rachel! Oh my goodness! This is incredible! I'm delivering flowers, and they they thanking me, thanking me, me. They're saying, I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't order it. Um, so this is the impact. The impact. So and yeah. what great, uh, you know, sometimes we are with people throughout almost throughout their life. So they would mm. come in order something for maybe someone that had a baby. Um, mm-hmm. That person would come back and order flowers for the child that's finished elementary, uh, high school. Oh, within the same family, someone would get married and they would come to you for flowers. And uh, within the same family, oh my goodness, the elderly had died and they come to you for flowers. So um, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's really special. It's really special. I really mm-hmm. love that part mm-hmm. of my job. It's the, the, the human connection 
being part of, yes, important uh, process of life. It gives you true purpose because you are literally having a, an impact on people's lives. So that's wonderful. Yes. Yes, definitely. definitely. And what are things you wish you knew when you started? So maybe tips that can help somebody who is thinking of starting a business in a similar industry or in the service industry in general or in retail. Uh, what what are you know what what are some things you wish you had been told or you knew when you first launched Le Pouvoir des Fleurs? Very good question. Um. The things that I wish I would knew are more specific to, to the industry itself. Sure. Uh, flowers. Uh, I'll be a, a, an example. There are some funeral arrangements that I do. And uh, I did attend to one of the funeral because it, it, they happen to be friends as well. And I saw that, oh, my flower didn't last as much as another arrangement came, mm. coming from another florist. And I look at it, I, was, yeah, I wasn't quite satisfied with my work. And uh, so I went and I, I kind of analyzed the other arrangement and I saw that, oh, they had put something in plastic. I'm not, I could have done that if I knew. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things if I, I, I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I cannot say, um, I cannot be too sad about it because it's not everything that you know in advance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think what the most important thing is when you realize something, you react right away, you adjust yourself. Uh, you must be flexible in order to adjust yourself in order to do better next time. What do you think are your skills or qualities that, you know, make you a good entrepreneur, like specific skills that you think you bring to your position that make you, uh, you know, successful and that make you a good entrepreneur? Um, my speed. Uh, when I say my speed, I'm not necessarily... Uh, Talking about exit, like when I'm doing the the, the task, it's uh, COVID is a great example. Uh, when 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 we had a shutdown, mm-hmm. uh, we had to close the door. Um, many people were um, an entrepreneur were sitting there and wondering what to do. Uh, you know, crying, being depressive, and everything. So right away, I said, "Okay, I have to do something." Uh, I had to t- uh, you know to turn around pretty quickly. I'm like. And you, ha- you need to be, the other skill is solution-oriented. Mm-hmm. So quickly switch into the solution-oriented mode. And um, one thing I knew, although they asked, uh, they did ask us to shut down, I could not simply stay still. Because when you stay still, nothing happens. Right. You must do something. Mm-hmm. And when you do that something, sometimes you don't have a result immediately. But if you're doing something that is good, that is beneficial, you will end up seeing the result mm-hmm. or later. So my One first way or another. Action, that's right. So my first action was to, okay, listen, if I cannot do any orders, let me clean up, put my things in order like that. When we will reopen, I'll be ready to start. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And because I did that, I was into the store when I received a call that changed everything for me from another florist, make me realize that, okay, here, what you can do and so on and so forth, because I need your help. And from that moment on, I knew that, oh, there's a way out. And uh, I knew that, listen, people are out there. They cannot see each other. Because they cannot see each other, they will probably need to send flowers or something to each other in order to say, listen, although I cannot see you, I think about you. Mm -hmm. So how can I reach them? How can I help them in that sense? 
right away, I'm, like the first thing I knew is like going on, on, on Instagram and Facebook. I didn't like Instagram. So I had to quickly love it, starting yeah. loving it, quickly start learning how to use it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Believe it or not, sometimes I was doing sales in my bed mm-hmm. via Instagram. So my speed um, and uh, the fact that I am a person that is solution-oriented, no matter what is the situation, there must be a solution. So speaking of solutions, are you someone who makes decisions more from a rational standpoint using data, using you know a lot of numbers? Or are you somebody who relies on their intuition more? I would say both. Because there are situations where you don't have access to data, mm-hmm. so I have to um, I have to use my intuition, and uh, and yes, I do data because as I told you, I have a corporate background where we mm-hmm. had a, an entire planning team uh, doing research and giving us data and telling us why sh- we should do this because this is what we find out. Um, and numbers numbers are not wrong um, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I, I use both. You use both. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what is something big on your agenda for, let's say, you know, the next 12 months? Uh, what's something maybe from a personal standpoint that you're hoping to achieve and something from a professional standpoint? Um, I would say more on a professional standpoint, because on a personal standpoint, I work on big things on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And for me, big things could be, um, if I was stressed today, tomorrow it's like work on my relaxation in order to bring down my uh, my heart rate, my, uh, my 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 stress level in order to be more productive. So I work on myself on a on a daily basis. Uh, professionally, expansion, expansion, and um, the business I grew. We are growing on a regular basis, year after year. When I sit down with my accountant, I do see the growth. So, um, physically some major changes in order to, um, to accommodate that, uh, that expansion. Well, that's very exciting. And then my favorite question to ask everyone on the show, what's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing you wish women would do less of? Speak up. And that's doing more of obviously. Yes. Because, um, I, 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 I'm a social person. I like to speak with people, get to, uh, get to meet new people. And I, I, I have been looking for role models for a long period of time. Lo- role models that looks like me, that, mm. uh, that has the same kind of history. And it was very hard for me to find them. So I kind of, at a certain point, I, I felt lonely. And I was, I was asking myself, am I a million? Um, <laughs> wanting to succeed, wanting beautiful, big thing. And, you know, I was exposed to um, the high um, the high level uh, financial or business society. And I wanted to see more black women mm-hmm. do that uh, on, on that level. I couldn't find many. Um, I couldn't find, uh, I would say, almost any. Uh, in the States, it's a total different story. Right. A little different story, but what I came to realize, like by talking to certain people, I did find out that there was some black woman that was dealing with like million dollars businesses, um, close to a billion. I haven't met the, that one yet, mm-hmm. and I would ask them, "Would you 
uh, because sometimes um, I have an uh, like within my church, we do have a, a woman um, group mm -hmm. and sometimes I organize brunches where we can talk and some that are, have succeeded in certain things who share the story. And they, they, they were shy mm. sharing their story. They were shy sharing their story. And I said, you know what? It would have been nice if you could share it so others could be inspired. So definitely, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, it would be nice if women would speak up more. Mm -hmm. Because uh, many, many, many um, women have so many beautiful things inside. Uh, that could benefit others, inspire others, motivate other, others. What we could do less, um, complaining, mm -hmm. uh, being the victim, mm -hmm. um, do less of that because we're strong. And um, it's not the case of everyone. Uh, we're stronger than we think we are. So maybe focus more on our strength than focusing on our weaknesses. Mm, that I like that. I, that's a very good way of putting it. And actually, that makes me want to ask you because you bring up role models and you talk about how it was hard for you finding examples of women who were at a similar place in life. Um, what's your advice to women who are considering a change from the corporate world to starting you know, their own business and they could be doing it earlier in their career. They might be doing it later in their career. And I think for a lot of women, they stop themselves because they say, I'm not ready to do that. Or, you know, my skill set is different. And then once you realize you have the entrepreneurial bug, it can be, you know, it can be very, very exciting and life-changing, obviously. So what would you say to, to those women considering a change like that? Um, the first thing I would tell them is you're not a superwoman. That's the first thing. Because one thing I know that uh, stopped women from um, switching from a regular job into jumping into the entrepreneurship world is, um, like I, you know, I explained to my family, um, it was, listen, sometimes I didn't have time to go and do the groceries. I didn't have time to, 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 do, to clean my house. I, I love a clean space, a clean uh, space. And my, my house was a mess at a certain point. But I knew that it wasn't for long. I knew it's because I was starting a business. And um, women often expect to be a super uh, superwoman. If they're a mother, they expect to be a super mother while a super entrepreneur. Uh, if they're a wife, to be a super wife while at work, they're the super employee. Listen, Superman is a movie. It's not reality. Superwoman mm. is a movie. It's not reality. <laughs> and uh, one thing I learned is uh, it's to choose. So... There is a season where, okay, uh, you have to spend more time into your business, maybe less time with your, your nails, going to the esthetician, going to the hair salon. Uh, it, it's only for time. Then a season changes mm -hmm. where, oh, it's getting better into the business. And, oh, now you have a little bit more time to do your nails, your hair, and so on and so forth. There, then you have a season where, oh, you have a little bit less time for your cleaning and so on and so forth. There's, you know, you adjust yourself. You adjust yourself. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Know that you're not a superwoman. woman. You can do everything, but you cannot do everything at the same time. Well said. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's been great hearing about your journey. We'll link up Le Pouvoir des Fleurs for anyone who's in Montreal and, and interested in following you and, and purchasing from you. So thank you so much. You are truly inspiring. It was great speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, to the entire team to, for having me into the show. It's our pleasure.
I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women in Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.